You're listening to the Games of this podcast. I'm James Batchelor and I'm joined this week by Brendan Sinclair, Danielle Parsis, Jeffrey Russo, and Chris Green. We're going to be talking about the biggest stories from the past week from across the games industry, starting with Sony's overhauled subscription service. Now, on the off chance you've missed the news, this merges PlayStation Now with PlayStation Plus and creates three tiers. So PlayStation Plus Essentials, PlayStation Plus Extra, and PlayStation Plus Premium. Essentials is basically the current PlayStation Plus, and it's at the same price. Extra adds PlayStation Now's 400 PS4 and PS5 titles, including new additions, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Returnal. More third parties are going to be announced in the coming weeks, but there will be no simultaneous releases for first-party titles. Uh, So God of War Ragnarok will not be day and date on both the service and on retail. Uh, Premium adds classic games from PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation Portable. Games streaming for PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, and time-limited full-game trials. PlayStation Plus Deluxe is the same as premium, but this is a special tier for markets that do not have streaming capabilities. Uh, The prices range from the standard $10 a month for essentials to $18 a month for premium or $60 a year for essentials or $120 for premium. We've got a full interview with Jim Ryan on the site, uh, along with analyst thoughts on the service and how it plays into the wider game subscription space at gamesindustry.biz. Team, I would like to get your reactions to this news. One thing to correct you slightly is um, it's it's the I don't think PS5 games are in PS now currently. I, I think it was only PS4 games that were in PS now, and now they're adding a load of new ones, um, uh, which includes Returnal, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, um, and stuff like that. Okay, so, uh, well that's that's now new. What yeah. was your reaction? Because you got this news first. What was your reaction to this? Uh, but you know. I knew what was going to happen. I, I dreaded Twitter straight after it because inevitably, when anybody announces, when PlayStation announces anything, or XB, the the fan boys, fan people, I don't know what the what the what the derogatory term for that group is now, um, is um, uh, will come out and start comparing it to. Um, it's not as good as Game Pass. Um, but I don't think it needs to be or wanted to be or was even part of the vision for it. Um, it's it's sort of it feels like a service designed for people that have PS5s or is well, ideally who are already subscribing to PS Plus. Uh, and but I thought it was OK. You know, I thought it was. Uh, but the thing is, it's not even that surprising. I think um, Bloomberg reported that this exact service is what this was going to be back in December, I think. And um, and it's been confirmed since um, surprising announcement. Uh, I think some people were surprised that the pricing was a little different. Uh, and I think that's the we- that's the thing that is interesting. A lot of people online keep, keep talking about it being more expensive than Game Pass. Um, it is if you're talking about premium and you're talking about it on a on a on a monthly basis but it's actually cheaper quite considerably cheaper if you take an annual subscription out and um if you're a ps now subscriber currently of which there aren't many like you know the analysts estimate between two and a half million to four million people are subscribing to ps now if you're a ps now customer currently uh it is now more expensive to be a ps now customer but 75 percent of ps now customers are ps plus subscribers so actually it's cheaper for that 75 percent but for the 25%, it's more expensive. So it's not ideal. It's a little messy. It's, it's a lot more simplified in terms of messaging, but it is still quite a complicated service um, in terms of what they're offering, uh, in terms of what's possible in certain regions and certain territories. But, you know, they've created a platform in which they can build. They can build and evolve and change like any live service, really, any whether it's a game or a business model or whatever. They can just um, they can just add to it. And if they find that gamers want to do one thing over the other, they can... They can um, they can react to that uh and i think that's the thing with this is that a lot of it's unknown right we don't really know we know what, what works for microsoft but microsoft went all in so it'll be interesting to see what playstation players are, are into so i think it's actually more complicated 
in terms of messaging now because before I think they just weren't messaging PlayStation now at all. So it seemed simple because the world was basically just, oh, PS Plus. Um, but this, there's there's three tiers. There's a a fourth tier for some re some regions replacing one of those three tiers for, for markets that don't have streaming. And then the difference between the second and the third tier is basically like you you get streaming uh, these these older games and limited game trials. And it's, um, I, I don't know if that really, it, it muddies the water a little bit because there's clearly some, you know, oh, hey, that's kind of neat. I would like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as a, such a different value proposition that it really demands to be in in a separate tier and and like for me this this thing just it feels much more complicated than it was before where you could have your ps plus subscription for a couple free games and online play and then you didn't even need to worry about playstation now yeah oh, i guess in contrast of i mean i think it was telling brendan when you mentioned the other day when uh, I don't know if, if that if I if I was hearing you correctly, but I think you got the impression that PS Now was all was still a streaming service primarily, which it is, but it wasn't. It stopped being that about two years, about two three years ago, where it became um, where you could download PS4 games, and um, and I think PS Now has been um, messaged poorly. Uh, I, I think it's more simplified in terms of it, it's brought together. Right, you know, it's like Xbox really pushes X Game Pass Ultimate as being their thing because it's a lot easier to say you get everything in this and it's nice and simplistic. Whereas with uh, if you don't go for Game Pass Ultimate, you're getting I don't know Xbox Game Pass console. You might still need to get gold, or you might you know it, it, it's it's a little. You might want to get PC. You know, you might not want PC. And I think the thing is with the premium thing, it's interesting. There's a quote um, in the in the Jim Ryan interview where I ask him about the retro um, games in it. And he said, well, that isn't for everybody. And that's why it's in the premium tier. And that for me sort of gave me an indication of how, what, what Sony views as being their main product. So you've got PS Plus, which is what everyone has now already. I don't think that's going to grow. Um, and, um, and then you've got um, PlayStation Plus Extra, which has got all the games in it. And that's where I think most gamers are going to go. And there'll be some people that want streaming and some people that will want retro. And I think that's where you go to. Um, that's why there's that weird premium tier, which adds in a few of the niche things. But I don't know if Sony are entirely right about that because Nintendo Switch Online's done pretty well, um, despite itself. <laughs> and, um, and that's really a retro game service. I know it has the multiplayer elements to it as well. Um, so I don't know if Sony's entirely correct there, um, if about extra being probably their equivalent to Game Pass Ultimate, but um, as in their main product. But I guess they, they haven't they haven't specified that, and it'll be interesting to see. But I think it's just a lot easier to it's a platform you can build on now. If you're going to have a subscription service, you bring it all together, you have it in one place, and you're just talking about PS Plus, and you're not selling PS Plus and then trying to sell something else in addition to it. Um, but yeah, it is it is complicated. You know, you've got the deluxe thing. You've also got things like you know PS3 is only via streaming, but PS one ps2 and psp is available to download and even when you start getting into the sort of details of it you see that some of it isn't you know even it's a little bit more complicated in terms of what's actually in there but in terms of messaging i think they've got a they've got a a clear explanation like i can i can see exactly what will appear on the ps plus website in terms of the in terms of how that looks and i and it reminds me of like a tv sky package or subscription package you know where you you buy the you've got the base package that gets you all the basics and you and you bolt on the certain channels and you might bolt on some specialist channels at the end that's what it feels like to me anyway oh we're on the retro library um like i'm, I'm intrigued as jim says like this Jim believes that this is not going to appeal to everyone. I think that 
that depends on what titles are available in the collections. Um, and I'm mm. intrigued to see what they're able to actually say. Because you think back to the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 days, and the titles that really defined those consoles and really kind of the, the ones that, that people think of first, the ones that are the, the seminal titles on those consoles, are almost always third party. Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, Final Fantasy VII, Grand Theft Auto III, Croc, Legend of the Gobos. They're all not done by... <laughs> I'm going to get some Croc love in there. Um, they're all not done by Sony, though, are they? Like you look, you look at Sony's biggest franchises today, Uncharted, Horizon, um, God of War, like those are all... You know, God of War was started on the PS2, but those have really kind of come on in the PS3, PS4 generation. Like, if, if this library gives me the option to play through the entirety of Ratchet and Clank, having now sucked me in with uh, the remake and Rift Apart, I'm all for it. But if it's, but beyond that, I don't know what there is from early Sony titles that I'd want. I it, It's like when they released the, um, the PlayStation 1 Classic, like the little mini console. Like when they announced it, all the speculation was, is this going to have the third party titles that people remember? Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It's that they're, they're the games that define that gen- those generations were first. Were, um, were, were third party, but um, I suspect they'll get those. Um, you know, um, I suspect Metal Gear Solid will be in there and Tomb Raider and, and all of those sort of games. Um, and there were some, you know, I'd be up for going back to Siphon Filler. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a few first party PlayStation games that sort of wipe out. was always a, was always a good thing. I know it's, it's come back a few times, but, um, but yeah, I think it's interesting with retro because it's real, we, retro is really popular for Nintendo. Um, and it's, but I think PlayStation did their classic console and it didn't, it didn't do very well, right? It was discounted very quickly. And part of it was that it wasn't a very good, it wasn't very good. Um, but I don't know. I'm, it's the thing that appeals to me the most, but I'm of a certain, I'm of a certain age. If that's the only thing I want out of all the subscription services, like, <laughs> not interested in the streaming, don't care about the 400 games. I just want to play um, a, a ropey third person action title from 20 years ago. That's what I want. Mm. Um, but um, but I, I guess this is the thing with this stuff. Like it, we don't really know, and um, and the PlayStation might launch it, and they find everyone wants the classic games, and so they'll end up reconfiguring things again or moving bits about, or and that's that's the stuff of you know live service. You know, it, it, Jim says it in his interview that um, they might end up adding day and date games. They might do that eventually. They're not doing it now. They're not thinking about it. They don't think it will work. They they have, they're very they don't believe it will. But it doesn't mean they'll always believe that. And he gives an example in the, in the article about how you no know, four years ago, if you just said that PlayStation were going to launch games on pc they would never have even considered they'd laughed at it what a ridiculous idea and now they're not only are they doing it they're really comfortable doing it and they're ramping up <laughs> ramping it up so it's um it's and you know just, just because this is what how they think now is what they feel now doesn't mean it will be that that will be the case in two three years time um and um and i think it's the same with this classic stuff like they don't he doesn't think it'll be something that everyone will want but if it turns out to be the case that they do i'm, I'm sure they'll move bits about again and <laughs> confuse matters further <laughs> It's amazing to me that 20 years on, uh, Microsoft is still so much better at any kind of online service thing than Sony. Like just comparing the original Xbox Live to Sony's PS2 broadband modem. uh, Like it's, they've never caught up. And even when Microsoft is sort of like laying out an ideal path to follow and one that Sony could honestly like has what they need to to execute on that plan better um like they they still just decide that this sort of patchwork off-brand version of game pass 
is is the way they're going to go and and it's every everything from the quality of like the online service and how smooth it is to you know the the even just friends lists and basic functionality like that all all the way to you know their backwards compatibility solution now i mean obviously sony had it better up through the playstation 3 because it's just you know you put it in and it and it would just work um but they gave up on that and now like you know, you, you get, you log into your Xbox series X or whatever, and then look at your library and all the stuff that you bought on the 360 and the Xbox one downloadable is like still in your library and right there to be downloaded again. And anyone that ever like dealt with, uh, Sony's PlayStation network account system, trying to download something from, you know, go back through their, their download history and find something it's, it's just been miserable. And, and this solution right here, you know, even though we've already bought a lot of these PlayStation one and PlayStation two and PSP games to play on the PS3 or the Vita, you know, we already have that account system, uh, and have already paid Sony money for this. Like there, there's, hasn't been any talk about supporting those purchases, bringing them forward for PS4 and PS5, even though Sony is obviously making it so that these games are going to be playable on the new system because they, you know, they're, they're going to be offering them as, as part of this retro library. Microsoft is so good at this and this isn't, this isn't about, um, just their video games business. Like, um, it was, uh, I think it was actually somebody in our company talk, told me about this. He used to work for a, a, a technology magazine. Microsoft has to support, still supporting Windows 95 because there is a bank in the middle of some country somewhere that still uses that service, right? They, they are, they are how every time, and it's the reason why it's a complicated, messy little business as it is, is that they, they have to, they have to keep supporting all of these different versions of Office, all these different versions of Windows. And as a result of that, they have a company built around it. They're a company built around just trying to make sure they have a platform they can take forward and still support backwards. And when you look at what Microsoft's done, you know, which you quite rightly pointed out, if Microsoft seems to have, to a degree, they didn't do it perfectly, but to a degree, they sort of future-proofed themselves in terms of how they've built their service, how they've built Xbox Live, how they're building Game Pass now. It's how they think about it. They're a service-based company. They build software that they look after and maintain. And that is what they've done. With, that's what they brought into games. And you know what? Not all, of, all, No one else in games is anywhere near as good as Microsoft at this. PlayStation, obviously, they're realizing it now. You know, the PS4 works on the PS5 and I suspect that will be the case going forward but the PS3 is just it seems like an absolute nightmare to get to, to emulate on any other console Nintendo you know doesn't even try just keeps asking you to rebuy the game every single generation and it's it's um and it's it's you know, Microsoft's really good at it and it's Microsoft's strong point like you know they've just started investing in studios now so things will start to change in that regard but when it came to hardware I, you know PlayStation's amazing at hardware even now I mean the Xbox Series X is a great machine but the stuff that PlayStation's done with that DualSense controller it's a brilliant brilliant console and they're brilliant at making games and they're okay at the service bit but they are beat you know they are behind xbox and what they've done here with ps plus um is better than what they're offering it's a significant improvement i'd say in my eyes but it's not as good as what xbox is offering but that's partly because you know partly because of their vision for the future you know we, we brendan and i you and i've talked about this before about how we have our doubts around subscriptions and the impact of it and i bet you know there's certain big third-party publishers they don't want games day and date in these services they want their little windows where they can release the game in one form for a period of time like in the like the, like the film industry does at cinema and then release them via the other methods like you know video on demand or whatever and it's and it's and it's the similar thing here playstation will be playstation probably don't want that you know they've, they've done their own calculations you know in the interview jim said it would basically mean that their games make less money which would mean that they could spend less on games and that's and that's the thing they want to avoid that doesn't mean that is true because 
this is an unproven business model. Who knows what player behaviors will be like? But it's um, but yeah, you know, I doesn't I just oddly doesn't surprise me. It's just this is what Xbox is Microsoft's really good at, and they've brought it into games, and it's sort of it's not it's I think shame's a bit of a hard word, but it has sort of embarrassed the rest of us, the rest of not rest of us, it's not me, the rest of the games industry in terms of, hey, this is how you look after your legacy and make sure that the things that you built 20 years ago are still relevant today. And the sad part is like, I, I look at Microsoft's history in games as like of, of the big companies, the, the one with the legacy that's least impressive and least <laughs> crying out for preservation. Like I, Xbox was my platform of choice at the time. Halo is great, but mm. yeah. I think maybe maybe it's because you want what you can't have, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. That is that is absolutely <laughs> true. I think one of the things that that got me about this is because the retro stuff feels kind of niche. It kind of out of the the things that the tiers are offering, that kind of feels like the the least important of the three. But as it stands, I think you have to have everything else to have the retro stuff, right? Is that how the tiers work? Yeah. Yeah. So. That was an interesting one because the, the retro thing is the thing that I was uh, interested in. And then a lot of people came to me and they were like, yeah, well, you can just you can just emulate these games. You can just have them on anything, have them on a PC and have them for free. And it's like, yeah, that, that's an option. But a lot of this is, is people just paying for convenience, right? It's it's people just having a nice convenient avenue to games that they're very nostalgic about, games that they remember fondly from their past, from their childhoods. and it's, I don't know, I, I feel like it's not weird. I don't think weird is the right word, but it, it, I feel like it's unjust to hide all of the stuff that I specifically want behind this other, uh, I have the same, <laughs> I have the same thing. That's the bit that I'm interested in. It's obviously mm -hmm. the most expensive tier, but I, the way I look at it, and it's really like a bit of a crass business way of looking at it, is yeah. that people who like, who are into those retro games, they tend to be people who are older because they're into those retro games. It's not always the case, but it tends to be that way. Yeah. And these are the people that tend to have a bit more disposable income. So, so I don't, wouldn't be surprised. The reason why it's in the premium tier and the reason why uh, it costs that bit extra is because PlayStation probably thinks this is an audience that can afford it. This is an audience that's probably on eBay buying a, buying a GBA micro for over a hundred pounds <laughs> or something, you know, it's that kind mm -hmm. of audience. Um, I think it's retro is I actually think, putting retro subscription services don't really they don't really click with me because people who are into that stuff they want physical things right there's a reason why future publishing has a retro gamer magazine but not a retro gaming website it's um it's just a there's just a it's just an audience that likes to buy you know I, they, they like to go to limited run and buy a fancy box that's made, designed to look like the n64 box you know because just it's tap tap yeah tap. they want tap <laughs> they, want, they want tap that makes them feel young um and um I, and yeah. i'll push back a little bit because i actually don't like tat but i like no. i i yeah like the the cartridges and the discs and stuff because it is actual like a, an actual form of ownership over the games that i'm collecting that mm. i do not get today um like i have i am constantly frustrated by all of the the hassles of the games as a service era and and the ever changing form of these games now the game that you love today can be in a completely different form tomorrow and utterly unattainable to ever go back and play it the way it was and see if you know you were just looking at it through rose-colored glasses or or anything like that because it's just this impermanent ethereal thing um and 
obviously a, a lot of that impermanence is sort of necessary with you know like an mmo kind of experience um or online multiplayer driven stuff but it's it, it's also i i think the games industry has gone beyond what they need to have uh they like they've introduced their own erosion of ownership on top of that and i think subscriptions are a big part of it i, I think things like Gran Turismo 7 being online, always online, even when you just want to play single player. Um, th things like that are their, their frustrations with gaming that did not exist before. And it, the idea of like a subscription service for retro games doesn't appeal to me as much because just like with, you know, I'll have Blu-rays in addition to my Netflix subscription. Um, because I know that the stuff in the service comes and goes mm. and that it's not permanent. And that, that, that one day down the road when like, Oh my gosh, I really want to play this. And it's just not available to me unless I have the old game and the old system is um, you know, I, nothing frustrates me more than, than hitting that day and realizing like, well, I just can't, can't play it now. I bet mm -hmm. it is not an option in any way, shape, or form. I'm so it's not happy. just about tat, because I am I'm wow. generally anti-tat. I'm getting I'm getting the ownership issue over here as well with a, with even with a game pass because my son has suddenly remembered that he liked the goose game and he's asking for the goose game and I have to explain that we don't have the goose game anymore. Um, <laughs> while we're on while we're on ownership though, like I do want to kind of um, bring up another point which um, I've seen a few people make is. The introduction of these PS1, PS2, PS3, PSP um, titles, like on the PS3 store, Sony was selling these titles individually. I say these titles, we still don't know what titles are going to be there, but some of the, it's a fair assumption that some of the games that are going to be on this collection were originally sold individually on the PS3 store. I've seen people asking, does that mean that, you know, will there be a way, almost certainly not, for people who bought those games to access them without subscribing to the premium tier? Like I, I bought a number of PS1 games that I remember. I felt like you know, um, I had like Driver and Crash Bandicoot 2 and Crocs, Legend of the Gobbos. Like I bought those on the PS3 store because I enjoyed them. I've not been able to access those since boxing up my PS3. Um, like if those titles are on the, the subscription service, I feel like I should own those because I have already bought them, but I won't. It's very much the, very much the same reason why we've all yeah. bought seven copies of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. It's so I got an answer to this, but it's not quite a clear answer. I didn't put it in the article. Um, this is from Sony. PlayStation Store will continue to offer the classic games currently available for purchase on PS3 and, P and PS Vita devices, as well as the remakes and remasters of classic games available for PS4 and PS5. We haven't announced the classic games that will be available on PlayStation Plus, but stay tuned. But that, for me, tells me, although it's not what they say, it tells me that, um, yes, you can still play your PlayStation 3 games, James, but on PlayStation 3. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um uh and uh and that's and that's you know that that that's where you bought them and that's where you play them um and um that's what it tells me it's not quite it's, they're not they're not they've not said that that's the case but it, it, it's if that's what they haven't so that's the thing i think is what they're saying um so um yeah 
there's that. <laughs> but uh, and that could be just the nature of the agreements that that Sony struck with publishers yeah. to get them on there in the first place. Whereas Microsoft might have been more forward looking with their service plan hmm. and ensured that they could bring it to future platforms however they wanted. I, I could see Sony uh, being a little bit more limited in scope with that originally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that retro games is the big conversation. I really thought the the day and date thing would be the uh, would be the the sort of heart of the debate. Um, I, I think we all knew we all knew that they weren't going to do day and date because their games sell like and sell really well. Like um, you know, the I, I would be intrigued. Parallel universe, I'd be intrigued to see how well Halo Infinite would have sold if it wasn't on Game Pass day and date because Halo is such a it's had such a, an up and down history in terms of quality, like the build up to the release, like there was a lot of questions as to how good it was going to be. Obviously, like a lot of people wanted for the multiplayer and they're like, and it's done really well through Game Pass, but hasn't done well through retail. Wow. I'd be intrigued to see how well it, it would have done without Game Pass. But you look at Sony stuff, Sony stuff sells five, 10 million, like a lot of the titles sell like, you know, in the millions, like High, High Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo 7 have both sold really well like already they were never going to put god of war ragnarok straight onto ps plus because it will sell it will shift consoles yeah, and it will shift I don't, billion, I don't, millions of boxes i don't think xbox hasn't i think that's the case for xbox's games like, i don't know about halo infinite right halo infinite i don't even know if that's done well on game pass i think it's telling that microsoft didn't reveal too much information about it but for uh, forza horizon 5 for instance that 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 probably would have done i mean it did do very well in in normal downloadable form um but um obviously it didn't do as well as previous games and that you can't that's probably got to be because of game pass so I, I think for xbox it's less about i think xbox just want to drive xbox is almost preparing for the future right because right now it doesn't these subscription services they're for their audiences right most of xbox's game pass subscribers own an xbox and most of playstation or all of playstation plus is pretty much uh as subscribers are going to have a playstation so they're not talking to audiences outside of that really i mean you could argue game pass is a bit of a killer app for x for xbox but um they're sort of talking to their own audiences i think the moment those two services start actually going head to head is when mm. those services are outside of those things so when playstation is actually on pc that's when people are going which one do i subscribe to and that you know when it's on um when it's on i don't know smart tvs or whatever and you actually having you actually have an option here that's when the comp competition comes into it and um xbox is almost preparing itself to having a service where people where it has fans and and they're putting it in they, they're talking about putting it onto smart tvs they're already on pc they want to get people in in other countries streaming games onto onto phones because they want and they want to get there first because they believe that's the next sort of battleground for this space whereas for sony ps plus at the minute i'm not saying that won't go in that direction it, it's more about you know it, it, there's a bit the way I, when the interview with jim ryan he spent the first five minutes talking about playstation he talked about how he viewed ps5 and he said that ps5 has got the hardware and we think we're doing really well there right he talked about the dual sense and i i inferred that obviously psvr2 will be part of that the hardware bit because that's what consoles are like hardware software and it's now become about services as well they've got the games they've got that got the software bit they've got some good games out some of them delayed because of COVID, but broadly speaking, very good games on that platform. I know Xbox has this too, by the way. This isn't me saying that they're better. But the thing is they were lacking was the service component, and they've, out, they've now strengthened that. And so it's more about creating a platform that has good games, good hardware, and now pretty good service, and, and then going, right, this is the package that you're buying into. Um, whereas for Xbox, they almost want to take part of their 
multiplayer package out of Xbox, out of the hardware and into the rest of the world. And so it's a little, the, the objective is a little different. And I think that's why Xbox are so like putting all their games into this because that's how they see it in the future. Um, whereas I don't know if PlayStation see that yet. I think they're yet, they're yet, they're yet to be convinced. Um, and, but, you know, as I said earlier, they, they, they could pivot and change and decide that that is the direction they want to go in. Um, but they will, be go- they will be going up against a competitor that's, you know, really good at this. The one point I don't think um, we've spoken about, but I, I like to just mention is there's always that conversation with all these subscription services about, quote unquote, you know, worth of the, the, the service and the offerings, right? And I just, I, I always just like to remind people that, you know, despite the the branding, the offering, and how, how good it sounds on paper, it, it's still wholly subjective, right? They're, they're still trying to sell us on, on on these subscriptions that make sense so we can have, you know, access to all these games. And, you know, like Daniel mentioned, the retro games are, you know, kind of niche when, when you think about it in grander scheme of things. But um, it, it's always interesting, right, um, what that conversation looks like, because it, it is different when you ask a person, because um, mm-hmm. when you ask someone their opinions on subscription services, a person most likely will tell you that, you know, Game Pass is it, right? I, I, I doubt very few people might say otherwise. But then followed by that, um, what's a close second? I don't know. Um, but my larger point, um, you know, I, I think that's a question you always ask, ask yourself. And, and despite whether or not, you know, if like my, myself, I'm kind of cynical about these these deals and subscription services, but then, you know, we'll get reports that tell us, hey, 40% of people are all in on this and the, the, the highest paid service, you know? And, and it's always interesting to look at it from that point, because I think that at the end of the day, obviously, you, you, you're not going to get everyone's attention, but you're going to cast the widest net for those who are interested, right? And I, and I think that that that's the um, larger point we're all we're all having. Um, Chris hummed when I said something. Did you want to add something? No, no, I agree. It's it's about it's about you're right. It's it's not a it's. I actually don't. You, you, I don't really like Game Pass, and it's not because Game Pass is clearly not great value for money. Um, it is. You know, you, if you want the new X, if you play, buy a lot of first party Xbox games, this is a it's an essential purchase. But I don't. Um, so, uh, and you were talking there about how it's different for different people. I think, I think that was part of what you were saying. And it's, um, but I am into really old Nintendo games. So even though Nintendo Switch Online, I think we'd all agree is probably the worst of the subscription services in terms of like, the service, <laughs> the number of games in there, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's definitely the one I use the most because it has, because I'm into that. I mean, I'm into that niche, right? You know, it could be, you could be into PS1 games, in which case the premium service is there. You know, I, I did, if you go into TV, like I think Netflix is probably the best video service out there, but I spend most of my time on Disney plus because I've got a two and a half year old. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 I think it just, I think it's just, it's right. It's different. It's, it's not as simple as, as um, you know, to be a successful subscription service, you kind of have to try and you need to cast a wide net. You gotta, you gotta have lots of different games for lots of different people. You need to have things that appeal to old school retro gamers or people who are into single player games or people that are into online multiplayer games, people who've got kids. And it's 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 about it's about making sure that you do that. In actual fact, we don't know what games are in PS Plus uh, at the moment. We know Spider-Man and Returnal and um, and Mortal Kombat 11 are in there. Um, we know that um, uh, there's going to be some retro games. You don't know what retro games. You don't know how good the condition of them are going to be. You know, if there's anything like the Nintendo Switch Online service, you might not want the retro gamers might not be interested. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 um it's it's yes, that's that's the big thing. And and you know, it's there's no there's no one size fits all stuff 
anyway. And I think that's the reason why, you know, interestingly, Microsoft's rhetoric around subscriptions has softened in recent times. Like they, they, early days, they were saying this is the future of the industry. And now it's like, oh, you know, maybe it'll be, it should be, you know, it'll, it's one of many business models. And and I think that is true. I think it is. I think it's one of many business models. I think it's, um, and I think it's, and, and I know I'm sort of going off on a few meanders here, but um, I thought the biggest telling point for me about subscription not being the, the be all and end all was how well Elden Ring did, but specifically how well Elden Ring did on Xbox. Because actually, I placed a, it, it was more competition on PS5 because Horizon and Gran Turismo, but Elden Ring, at least in Europe, over indexed on Xbox. I didn't, it didn't do better, it did better on PS5, but PS5 is a bigger install base. It, but in percentage wise, it did really, really well on Xbox. And it told that tells me that if there's a really, really good game that's not in a subscription service, um, players will buy it. And it, it's, it's, you know, they're, 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 there's room for multiple different offerings. And it's, I've, I've sort of gone off so many different tangents from your point. <laughs> But it's, um, it's, 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 it's about value and it's about value for the individual and what one person might consider not a good deal. Another person may think it's a fantastic deal. And it largely depends on what you play, what you're interested in and, um, and, you know, whether or not the other business models, they exist too. I think that's what I was saying. I've got a question and I, I want to just try to find out if this is me projecting or if it's like something that other people actually experience. Um, does Anyone here love a subscription service? Just like you pay for it every month and you feel good about paying for it every month. And you're like, man, I can't wait to like, this This thing is awesome. And I just got to go back and really get get into it again. Love is a strong word. I appreciate <laughs> okay. them. I, I appreciate them. Like, I think of the, of the subscriptions I have access to, I think I appreciate most Xbox Game Pass because of the variety of games and it means I can try out these indie titles. There's a lot of indie titles on there I kind of want to try out. There's sort of ones that I am on too, too cowardly to kind of actually buy and purchase. And then okay. Disney Plus, because similar to Chris, I have children and I am quite childish myself, so I can just dive in and there is just everything there. Like those two. But all the others I have access to, um, you know, Netflix, PlayStation Plus, you know, Amazon Music, um, I, ca I can live without. I can live without. But while I can afford them, I keep paying them. I have been conditioned to do so. Um, but yeah, love is a strong word. Okay. Has, has anyone loved a gaming platform or a publisher? No. No? Uh, mainly, I, I mean... Uh... I think we've established a fair number of us love Nintendo. Well, to, to a degree, <laughs> to a degree. Um, well, but but my serious answer to that question is that it was established early on, um, ever since like the earlier console days when I was younger. I just understood that different platforms, different things gave you different kind of um, experiences. It wasn't always, you know, the same across the board. And, you know, it was more of me understanding, okay, I stick with Nintendo. These are the kind of things I can expect. I'm okay with that because of monetary limitations etc cetera, etc cetera. That, that that's my answer to that <laughs> the thing for me is that subscriptions seem to top out at like yeah that's clearly worth the money and i'll pay it every month without issue um but i i there's never been a subscription service none of these things that 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 really get me like excited i'm like man i can't wait to see what else they put in there next because it's just you know, mm -hmm. hit after hit after hit and everything that I want is there. And this is great. Like they don't generate fandom the way the way publishers and platforms and other things do, if, hmm. if that makes any sense. I wonder yeah. if it's a bit of a club thing. Um, 
because one of the things a subscription service I genuinely love, like I love being a part of, is um, I'm, a, I'm a member of my local cinema and I, um, I subscribe a monthly and I can go see any film I want and they put on special screenings of upcoming films. I go with a couple of mates. I get discounts to everything at the, at the counter. I feel like I'm part of a bit of a club um, and I feel quite attached to, to that. I, I'm, I do feel a bit of a bit fuzzy around being part of the of the of, of the unlimited cinema cinema world unlimited that's what it is um and but i don't get that with anything else apart from my, no i don't get it with the gym the gym is a reluctant thing <laughs> but yeah it's but i know what you're saying also i think about that that question you know because i have uh, hbo max and netflix and I honestly forget. I was like, why do I, why am I paying for both of these things? And then one or the other will have a really good documentary. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went on sort of like a sub cleanse at the back end of last year, actually, where I went through everything that I was subscribed to because it was, it was a lot of stuff and it was an unreasonable expense for services that I'm using like four, maybe five times a year. Um, and the only thing that I like was mildly enthusiastic about keeping was Spotify because I use it everywhere, like when I'm out and it's a convenient thing. Um, but everything else, it was sort of like, I'm not attached to any of this really, especially not, yeah. not games providers. It was more of a Spotify is pretty comprehensive, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, other, other than Neil Young um, <laughs> and. And like I was, I was thinking about Netflix. How like when I first tried it, I actually was like just really wow, this is the best thing ever because they had that like massive library of physical discs that they would mail you. Yeah. Because it was actually comprehensive in serving my needs as you know like someone that likes to watch movies. Like oh, I can get any Criterion Collection disc and not have to pay forty or fifty bucks for it. This is great. Um, so yeah, I, I see how Spotify would do that. Anyways, I'm sorry I'm taking us off track, but I do think that it's interesting that as the industry has turned to free-to-play and games as a service, and a lot of those models are driven by uh, consistently leaving the player unsatisfied. <laughs> like, always leave them wanting more and have that mm -hmm. carrot dangling in front of them. <laughs> that we are also switching to business mm -hmm. models um, that maybe are similarly kind of uh, not inclined to to give the the user complete and total satisfaction mm. i think the thing as well is that there's there's so many games now and they're expensive and they take longer and you know there's in in this kind of digital realm you can't buy a game on uh, a digital store and get a refund in the same way you'd buy a game and trade it in now and i think stuff like game pass and these subscription services are enabling a try before you buy thing which i think is probably quite alluring to a lot of people but then you know you just end up racking up these subscriptions and then forgetting and not getting any joy out of them i did that i did that just a few weeks ago that's why my nintendo switch online resubscribed is because i forgot to stop it yeah <laughs> so they've got me for another year um i'm gonna, I'm gonna take the point then it's like there, there was something in, in jim ryan's um interview that i i kind of found interesting he um, he said i don't think we'll see game subscriptions go to the levels that we have with spot spotify and netflix which we've just been talking about and i think we've been talking about subscriptions for a good few years now particularly since game pass has um, really kind of wrapped up and and there's a lot of talks and like analysis as to whether or not like games become 
game subscriptions will become the dominant model like they have in all other forms of entertainment. And I was thinking about this like on the, I, I was walking my dog before we <laughs> recorded this and I started thinking about this and it's like, actually, I don't think I could be wrong. Uh, this is, I'm always going to be potentially wrong, but I don't think games will ever get to the point where they can be on a level of Netflix and Spotify because I think there are too many barriers there. So for a start, games are still reliant on hardware. You need a certain, certainly in terms of um, downloading, you need a certain specification to run a AAA game, like, or even games from previous generations. Like, you know, the reason, I believe the reason that Sony gives that you can't just download PS3, PS2, PS1 games on your PS5 is because the architecture is different. So games are reliant on hardware in a way that film TV music isn't because film TV music isn't going to be streamed to anything with a screen or a, a speaker. Yes, the you know streaming would solve this, but we don't quite have the infrastructure for for games streaming just yet. And even if we did, there are still barriers. So the obvious one is that games are an active form of entertainment. All the others are passive. You can listen to Spotify while you're driving or walking the dog or shopping. You can watch Netflix in bed or on the train or waiting for a bus. You cannot do do any of these things with games. You can't. I, I watch Netflix while I'm washing up. I cannot play a game with my hand just submerged in water. That's just not possible. Um, console and PC games, like typically when we were talking about games, we are talking about console PC games. They require 100% of your attention, or at least majority of it, and most of your hand hands and fingers. Like it, it requires a lot of your being to take part in it. Like you can you can stick on a Netflix film and just have it in the background listening to it. You can't do that with a game. Mm. Um, mobile games would be the exception there because many mobile games can be played one-handed. Um, so things like Apple Arcade, Google Play Pass, like potentially there's room there for subscriptions, but the problem is the mobile market has already, as Brendan was saying, has already been complete, completely dominated by free-to-play in this model where it's all built around um, these compelling loops and trying to get you playing the same one of the, most casual you know, m- most people who play games on mobile phones regardless of their playing habits the vast majority of people who play play one two three like a handful of games they're not often looking for other games to play because they are caught in the loop they're caught in the you know the, the gameplay loop or whatever the, of their free to play game of choice most library style subscriptions like netflix like spotify are built around the idea that as soon as you've finished one lot of content, you want something else, which is why what's it, whenever you're watching an episode, the moment you've finished, it's like, you've got, you know, the next episode is going to start in 10 seconds. Or if you finished your film, it's like, oh, we think you'd like this film. And that's going to start in 10 seconds. It's constantly trying to move you onto a different form of entertainment. But mobile games and, and free-to-play games, they don't end. So you're never going to need the next part of entertainment because you're still in this one like they just i was thinking about like there are so many barriers so many mindsets and you know psychological habits you have to change to get people to interact with subscription services in games the way that they do with spotify netflix and then again so many barriers in terms of not being able to just you know enjoy them passively while doing other things you have to dedicate time to using that service i don't think we're ever gonna see a netflix or a spotify for games well I think you're talking about you. All, I think there's almost two points there because because the the fact that games are active and are um, uh, and you're right, you know, requires your energy and effort and attention. Um, that is an issue, but that's an issue for games generally, right? That's the reason why games perhaps aren't as ubiquitous 
as um, uh, as music and film and TV. And I also think it's it's why, why actual devices like the Nintendo Switch and like why mobile gaming is so popular because it enables people to be interact with their their pro their games um, a lot easier than 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 you know finding the time to sit in front of the TV and play these things. I think that's that's true. But I think when Jim Ryan's quote wasn't that, you know, it can't, it will be as popular as Netflix and Spotify. His point was about it, whether or not it will reach the point where the business model in games is primarily subscription. So, you know, um, and, but I think your second part of your point is, I, I agree, completely spot on. Like, I, I think there are people out there who play one or two games a year, right? I, there are people, I, I, I've subscribed to Game Pass and I'm pretty sure for the first two years of owning Game Pass, I only played Sea of Thieves. It was not good value. Um, and, um, uh, and but I obviously had a lot of fun with my Xbox playing that one game. And I think there's people doing it with GTA Online, there's people doing it with Destiny, there's people doing it with FIFA and, and, and Fortnite and all these sort of games. And I think that is a difference because, you know, I've watched dozens of Netflix and Disney Plus shows this year. I, I have actually played quite a few games, but but I normally would only have played a couple of games by this point. And, it, and the value for me isn't as obvious, um, particularly in one if it's a subscription service that doesn't have all the games I want in it. So, um, and I think that's the problem that Xbox is going to run into in its effort to uh, turn this into a dominant business model. Is I think outside of the hardcore gamers that do play lots of games, people like us, I, I'm not convinced most people do. And I and I'm trying to tell them, hey, you will play more if you subscribe. It's 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 easy to convince people that watch lots of TV to subscribe to netflix i'm not sure it's easy to convince people that only play one or two games a year to subscribe to game pass um and that's the challenge they've got um but yeah i, I sort of agree i don't i don't think I, I think it's right and um i just don't think it's a model that um i think it's a model that's very successful can make lots of money i just don't think it's going to dominate telling them they'll play more if they subscribe might also be a turnoff for a lot of these yeah. <laughs> these people that play one or two games a year and don't consider themselves a gamer don't have that in their their self-identity so yeah no i think i think you're right i think they probably would if they did subscribe to if they were a call of duty player and they only play call of duty and fifa every year and now call of duty is in game pass oh go get get it on game pass i only play two games a year that's the thing you're going to run into oh but you'll play more it might be true they might get a game pass might have an amazing amount of value they may also go off and play halo and gears of war and and viva pinata or whatever random reference i can throw in <laughs> at the end there but it's it's um but they 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 don't know that um and so i think that's a harder sell um, I, just, I love the I, I love the idea of a hardcore call of duty player who only plays call of duty then just transitioning to viva pinata that needs to happen. <laughs> that's a great that's a great thing though about net subscription service i will say that the amount of stuff i've watched or listened to that i would never have bought um is and i've discovered new things that i love as a result of it i will say like my music tastes have broadened massively since uh, the, on, the, the arrival of spotify and apple music and all that stuff um and uh, and i'm sure i do the same with games as well i'd um i would uh, play a lot of stuff i wouldn't have um played otherwise but it, i still think you need to you need to you need to win me over first and then i will discover that as i go we're running low on time so i'm going to wrap us up with one more question um, just as it stands today, looking at what the benefits are, anyone here currently subscribed to either PS Plus or PS Now, or both, and which of the tiers, as someone brilliantly referred to them, PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plusser, and PlayStation Plusist, which of the tiers do you think you would most likely sign up to? I'm going to pass to Brendan first and his love of subscription service. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not a PlayStation Plus subscriber and haven't been for five or six years, I guess. And nothing in this is making me rethink that. 
like I'm in Game Pass, I got the Nintendo subscription, but like this Sony one, especially having to pay the premium tier for the retro games and their retro game approach, you know, their legacy platform approach for the last couple generations has been pretty um, sad and underwhelming. Uh, they're, yeah. I'm 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 a hard pass on this unless they really you know take the wraps off the the catalog that they're going to be offering and it blows my mind but I sincerely doubt that'll happen. Jeffrey, I am a PlayStation Plus user. Um, after taking a look with um, you know the new service, I am very likely to just switch over to the same the closest monetary value of that, which I think is what now what. 60 a year so that's what the plus not the, the plus is the, plus, the yeah, essential yeah. thank you yeah. um yeah i'm gonna just stick to that mainly because um when when i play play games there are a few titles that are you know online um that i just need to play with other people and uh yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> it's not really much else to say i don't really see myself going over for the um the the premium i don't think danielle uh, I'm kind of on the fence with it because I cancelled PS Now and PS Plus uh, at the end of last year because I'm primarily a, a PC gamer, so I wasn't really using it. Um, but the retro stuff has me intrigued, so I guess it all depends. Like, I'm happy to to, to rebuy it depending on the offering. But then also, like, I, I know they've got Ape Escape in there. If Ape Escape appears in in any capacity, then that's my <laughs> that's me slapping my credit card on my PS5 once again. Um, but yeah, it, it depends on on the entire offering. I, I will either go all in because I think it's cool, or I won't bother at all because I don't really play with people and I don't need the online features. Chris, um, well, I only found out when I started playing Elden Ring that my PS Plus subscription had run out. Um, <laughs> I, um, I got uh, I got PS. It tells me um, it says you haven't got PS Plus, you can't play this game. I went, yes, I can. And then it went, oh yeah, you can. Um, the um, I uh, I got PS Plus from the PS. I got the PS Five. I don't play, I use my PlayStation for single player experiences. I play online on my Xbox and it's what I've done pretty much two generations now. Um, and I like, always liked it that way. If it's a single player game, even if it's a third party one, I get it on PlayStation. If it's a multiplayer game, it's on Xbox. And I'm quite lucky that I have both platforms. That I can make those, uh, I can do that with those two. So I actually don't have PlayStation Plus currently, but I'll have to say there were a couple of things that appealed to me. Like I never got Returnal last year because the game didn't, the game looked at everyone's telling me it was amazing. And I'm like, it's 70 quid and it doesn't sound like something I'd enjoy. Um, even though you're telling me that it def I definitely would, I'm not convinced. And now I could give it a go um, and see. And if there's more games like that, ones that I passed on just because I wasn't entirely sure because they were 70 quid when they came out, I might give it, I might be interested, you know, I might give it a go. Um, you know, if, if Ghostwire Tokyo ends up in there in six months time, I don't know if it will because it's a Bethesda game, but I'm interested in that, but I couldn't justify buying it. So there's a few things that, appeal to me on that level but also like danielle i'm i don't i'm, a, I'm a, i like my old games uh, if i can sit there and play the old time splitters games on ps2 on on my ps5 there's a chance i'm gonna give that a go um i think the only thing that annoys me a little bit about it is that i'd love to give it a go and there's no what 
try for a month for a dollar like there is on xbox at the minute maybe there will be i don't mm. know but on xbox there's give it so i'd like to give it a go i'd like to see if i would use it a lot or not um and actually fact, what x playstation is trying to convince me to do is subscribe for a year because a year you get a real good discount on a year and i'm like well i don't want to spend 120 dollars on the off chance i'll play a lot of classic games but i wouldn't mind spending a month's subscription on the off chance of doing it but i just can you give me can you give me like a a five dollar you know just give it a trial month i'll give it a go um i'd be up for that um and then maybe i would subscribe so i'm, I'm interested but i'm not sold yet that would definitely do those offers certainly like if not around launch then certainly afterwards certainly around like maybe maybe around like christmas maybe um as for myself i genuinely don't think i signed up to playstation plus at all until a couple of years ago when fall guys came out and i really wanted to play that and i played it three times and before I knew it, a year had passed and I had not played it again. And I don't play any other online multiplayer games. And I hadn't been claiming the PlayStation Plus monthly games, I don't think. And I was about to unsubscribe. And then my brother-in-law got Star Wars Battlefront. And I was like, okay, well, we can play this together. And we played it once. And we've not played it since. And I have since been downloading the PlayStation Plus monthly games. I have not played any of them. Mm. So... I'm yep. kind of like, I really need to recognize that I am, I, I, that's what, a hundred pounds I've spent on, if it was 250, 50 pound a year subscription, I've spent a hundred pounds and I have definitely not got my money's so, worth there through my own, through my own fault, my own, my own playing behavior. So I think I, I really should unsubscribe, but I'm kind of the same as you. Like if that retro library has certain things in there that appeal to me, I might sign up for like a year or a few months and see if I actually so, play it, play it, you know, get through the ratchet and clank games and if uh if croc legend of the gobos is there but, um, <laughs> if not if not I, I i think i need to admit that i'm not using playstation plus oh i will say this actually as a final point one thing we haven't touched upon but the analysts talked about in the analyst feature we did is what we've we're talking here we've got two people one person that's about to become a lapsed playstation plus user right and james danielle and i are lapsed playstation plus users already we've recently lapsed and um, this is what this service might do, is it might stop that churn, right? If you start, if you're not playing many online games, if, you're, if the free games in the service aren't quite doing, you know, aren't quite good enough for you, um, right now, you might leave. What they've done is they've shored it up. They've added more stuff in, they've added more variety in. You can, you know, if you want to upgrade slightly, pay a bit more to get the next tier or whatever, um, you might find that there's less reason now for you to drop out. And that that's another potential positive of this service for Sony. Um, uh, because, and uh, in a way, this group sort of illustrates that might that might be a thing. That is all we've got time for this week. We'll be back soon with another Games for Jobbiz podcast. You can listen to all previous episodes on the podcasting platform of your choice, and you can find more news, insight, and analysis of the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. Mm-hmm.